Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I'm glad he came to save the world. I'm glad he came and did what nobody else could do. I think about scriptures sometimes that remind us of how desperate we were as a people. Different writers that would write, there were a time when we were, were without hope in this world and other scriptures that say that in times past you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. I'm thankful that Jesus came to change the world. He came to change our situation, and I'm thankful for him today. I'm thankful for all of you being here today, and again, all of our visitors. I'm thankful for all those that work with our kids, got their little program together, our music team, our singers, media, sound. Takes all of them. I'm thankful for everyone who just works hard and decides, hey, let's, let's worship the Lord and let's do the best we can. I don't want to ever leave him out of this time of year. This is, uh, well, just let me get started. You can, you can be seated this morning. Thank you. Thank you, darling, for singing this morning. I want to, uh, I rarely, rarely do this, but um, different service, different thing. I want to read a, a story, a, a short story narrative before I get to what I want to share with us today. And this is a, a fictional story with truth in it that will help set up what we want to, the thought we want to get across today. This is from the perspective of a, a retail clerk at a, a huge department store. He said, our entire staff at the department store was working uh, feverishly. It seemed Christmas had come around quickly this year. Seems like now it feels that way every year. It seemed like just yesterday we were putting away all the ghosts and goblins back in the storeroom. Actually, it was just yesterday. The pressure from the marketing team to be on the cutting edge of every holiday promotion was mounting with each new selling season. The store had been decorated to the hilt for Halloween, and now, just weeks before Thanksgiving, it was time to exploit everything and everyone that we could as they came out for the Christmas spending frenzy. Something is wrong when Halloween and Christmas compete for every consumer dollar. I have no time to wrap my brain around this conundrum. There are boxes and barrels of lights, tinsel, trees, wreaths, bows, garland, mistletoe, candy canes, ornaments, bells, dolls, and don't forget the sleigh, the reindeer, and Santa Claus. It seems like these boxes get heavier every year. I don't mean to sound like the Grinch that steals your money each Christmas, but sometimes it feels like we are missing the meaning of it all. I'm grateful our store includes a huge manger scene out front with the animals, the shepherds, wise men, Mary Joseph, and baby Jesus. At least there is a subliminal reminder of what Christmas is really all about. Now, where are those angels? Enough of this holiday dreaming. I, I need to get this store decorated. My manager was the first one to see my mistake. He and a couple of my colleagues got a good laugh at my expense. 
In the hustle and hassle of decorating our two big storefront windows, I misplaced one of the shepherds from the manger scene. In one window, I had arranged every conceivable winter wonderland, Christmas collage of seasonal specialties. In the other window, I had prudently positioned the traditional Christmas story for the old-fashioned folks. And in my flurry to finish, I gave myself quite a fright. The shepherd from the manger scene was trapped amongst the gadgets and gizmos that surrounded Santa and company celebrating the secular Christmas. My lost, lonely shepherd seemed to be gazing across to the sacred scene in the other window, wondering how he had wandered so far from the real reason for the season. You know, this time of year, there's a, there's a question asked more than any other time. Anybody know what it is? What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? Let's pray together as we get ready to go into our lesson. Lord, we love you so much, so precious to us. And thank you, God, for coming and saving this world. That you didn't stay a child. You didn't come to establish a holiday, but you came to save all of man. And Lord, today we remember you and we worship you. Now bless us to be stirred in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, that we might remember why we gather and why we celebrate this time of year. Lord, bless us now in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the house today. There's no telling how many of the questions has been asked and answered this Christmas. And there are probably as many different answers as there are people who are celebrating Christmas all around the world today. But as we go through this, I want you to think about what do I want for Christmas? And uh, the answer to that question will probably, probably answer another question, one that Jesus uh, asked and a thought he gave to people as he taught one day when he asked them, where is your treasure? For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And so our thought of what we want for Christmas should not mainly be with those things, as Jesus said, where moth and rust could corrupt and thieves could break through and steal. But we should lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven. They sang about heaven coming down to earth, for earth to get ready, here comes heaven. And, and we need to remember why we actually gather together and celebrate this time of year. One reason is because the scripture tells me to train up a child in the way it should go. And I shouldn't just train a child up to be good and to act nice so that he can find presence in his stockings or under the tree. Hello. I ain't worried about being on the naughty list. <laughs> and I'm not worried about being on the nice list. I'm worried about being in the book. Yeah. I want to remember why I'm, I'm here today. Now, for many people, that's all that Christmas is. It's Santa Claus and reindeer elves and all the rest. 
And that's what they want for Christmas. Others enjoy gift giving, holiday parties, food, fun, a few days off of work. And that's really all they want for Christmas. And there are people who, even here today, you feel Christmas with family and friends. Nothing wrong with that. You have annual traditions that celebrate those you love and cherish. And maybe that's all you really want today for Christmas. But the reason that we ask this question is simple. is How can you get what you want for Christmas if you don't really know what you want for Christmas? When Christmas present becomes Christmas past, will you be satisfied with what you got or what you wanted for Christmas? Where's your treasure? In the story, we talked about this, uh, the shopkeeper, the shoppers, the, the guy who worked in the store. Uh, one shepherd in that story did not get what he wanted because he wanted angels declaring. He wanted wise men worshiping, and he wanted to see Joseph and Mary trusting. He wanted Jesus for Christmas. He wanted more than tinsels and trees and boxes and bows. Sounds like the Grinch, doesn't it? More than just Santa and slaves, he wanted Jesus for Christmas. It was as if you could hear his heart from the far side of the secular Christmas scene I belong over there. I want to be next to Jesus. What do we want for Christmas? Do we want more than just hustle, bustle, and the hassle of the holidays? There's so many people in our society society today, they never get past the surface of a secular Christmas. But is that really what you want for Christmas? There is a sacred Christmas encounter that is worth celebrating. We've heard our children talk about it. We read about it in the beginning. We heard uh, Brother Drake reading that great uh, narrative, just fantastic, reminding us that there was a miracle that happened one night, an encounter where God was manifest in the flesh. Oh, praise God. There's nothing wrong with wanting a winter wonderland but we can have more for Christmas than just that. And be honest, we're in Georgia. Not going to get much winter wonderland in Georgia. (laughs) I want to experience what it was meant to be, peace, love, and joy that comes from knowing Jesus and who he is. That's what I want for Christmas. We heard it from the mouth. Uh, It was written and what the angel said, but Isaiah said it like this in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of David over his kingdom to order it, establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this, and he did. Because there was a child born, and the angel said, and you'll call him Emmanuel, God with us. And they called his name Jesus. Hey, that's what I want 
for Christmas. I want wonderful. I want counselor. I want mighty God. I want Jesus. I want everlasting father. I want prince of peace. I want Jesus. That's what I want for Christmas. That's what I want every day. The scripture promises that his government and peace is unlimited. But in this world today, the reign of Christ seems to be limited and actually off limits in many areas of the world. The truth is this. If we, in this time of year, if we are not intentional, even we can limit his lordship in our own lives through this season. He is the Lord of all, but if we're not careful, you know, the Bible tells us we can quench the Spirit, so it tells, advises us not to quench the Spirit, but we can even leave Him out if we're not intentional because this is such a busy season. Listen, I don't want to leave Him out. That's not what I want for Christmas. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life all the time. But because this is such a busy season, many times we find ourselves more stressed than we are blessed. We're trying to figure out, uh, did I get enough? Did I buy enough? Will they like this? Or is this the right color, the right size? Will they have to take it back? Uh, how am I going to pay my tithes if I buy Christmas presents? Well, I'm a pastor. I can't pay my tithes this week. I had to buy some Tonka trucks. What? They still make those something. See, if you're not careful, you can leave the Lord out trying to celebrate the season. People go in debt and actually go against the word because the Bible tells us that the, uh, that we would be a, we're a slave to the lender. If we, we go into debt, we borrow, and then people just go into debt and become a slave to payments for things that are long gone and long broke and they outgrew and everything else. I don't want to put the Lord on layaway this time of year. I'll pick you up at a later date. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, listen, he is the main reason we are here today. If you, if you, you get into to all of that, and that, hey, that's, but don't leave the Lord out. Uh, be intentional about spending time with Jesus and make sure you're praying and reading and doing the things and, and understanding why we even have this season at all. His Lordship, or when we start each day praying and with his word, we are inviting Jesus to increase his Lordship over our lives. When his government increases, that's when his peace increases because we all know the feeling of having a very full schedule, but it seems like we have empty hearts during this time of year. We may read the scripture and marvel that there was no place for him in Bethlehem for the Savior of the world to be born, but that Christmas scene is replayed every season when our holiday happenings make it obvious that there is no room for Jesus in our celebration either. I want more than that for Christmas. Uh, the, the old song, the Christmas song that was written, Away in a Manger, says, Away in a manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. But then he says, Be near me, 
Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay close by me forever and love me, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and take us to heaven to live with thee there. Oh, that's what I want. Be near to me, Lord Jesus. And that's what God wants. He said, if we draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to us. But if this time of year we're so busy with, with the decorating and the traveling and the going and doing that we forget to pray, that if the only time we say in Jesus' name is when we're blessing all that food that's laid out. Come on, somebody. Oh, it can't be. That's not why we're here. I mean, that's not what we're doing. We're here to celebrate the Lord. And, and, and like I said, Jesus didn't come to establish a holiday. But if there's going to be a holiday, why don't we take advantage of it and tell people about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Hey, I know that some, they don't celebrate it at all. Has no place in your sanctuary, in your church. That's, that's up to you. But I have watched people at the end of Christmas dramas receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because they begin to believe on the Lord and call on his name. People who had never had it just kneel at an altar and begin to worship. Tears streaming down their face because now a Savior has come, not just into the world, but into their life. And God filled them with the Holy Ghost. That's what I want for this time of year, for people to understand that it's more than just Christmas cards and it's more than just uh, singing a few little songs, but it's worshiping the Creator as He stepped into humanity. And He made a way for us to be close. The, the, the shepherds went to find Him. Let's get near Him. Let's get close to Him. The wise men traveled because we want to see Him. We want to worship Him. We want to be near Him. And the Lord came to make it possible for us. Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 13. He said, but now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Well, Christ had to come for there to be blood. But he had to grow and he had to fulfill the plan for it to be spilt. And Jesus said of himself, to this end was I born when he was headed to that cross. This time of year, you, you can't really celebrate him coming into the world without celebrating his purpose. He came to be the savior of the world. Yes, he was just a child wrapped in swaddling clothes, his mother holding him and nursing him and taking care of him, but he was the savior wrapped in flesh. He came to pay a price we need to be intentional and keep Jesus as our highest priority. Not just at this time, but every time of the year. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 16 and 11, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. That's what I want. I want his presence I don't want just presence. I want his presence. That sounded the same. Accent. I want his presence. He's going to load me daily with benefits, not just on Christmas Day. 
His mercy is new every morning, not just Christmas Day. He's a healer every day, not just Christmas Day. Come on, somebody. He's, he, he's the redeemer. He's the savior. He's the provider. He's, he's everything. He's the I am every day. And I want his presence. And, and like I said, why would we waste this time of year? Why not take the, you know what, you know what Christmas time is? It's evangelism time. Because at some, even if it's the bare minimum, at some form or fashion, people at least have a little bit of thought uh, that, hey, Jesus was born. They may celebrate everything else and, and have their little nativity scene set up, and that's about as far as they get. But you have the opportunity to expound on this great happening. And when they're looking at everything and writing out their list and flipping through the catalogs or shopping online and, and doing all these things, you can tell them there's more to it than this. There's more to it. If you could just understand that the Savior of the world, uh, that he came to, to love you and to purchase you with his blood and to prepare a place of where you are or he is, you may be also. He came once, but he's coming again. And we need to be telling people about that. The old favorite Christmas song, you may have different people you like who sing it, but I think just about every singing artist in the world has recorded it. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. That's a real dream in the South. But do you know that it could be white if you would let the blood of Jesus wash you. Isaiah said again in Isaiah 1 and 18, come now and let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. That's what people need to hear this time of year. We don't need to, well, I, I don't want to bother them with, you know, I don't want to mess with them on Christmas. Why do you think we're here today? to celebrate the one who spilled his blood so you could be washed white as snow. Well, you know, we're watching Rudolph and Frosty and you're having eggnog and mistletoe. and Okay, you gonna tell me you ain't got no time for Jesus? That you got no time to talk about the Savior? That you got no time to tell somebody? Because guess what? People still have problems during Christmas. People still struggle. They still get sick. They still have needs. They get depressed. They get stressed. They still need the comforter. Even in December. Oh, to be honest, it would probably be easier without a holiday. There would be no distractions. But since there is one, why not use it to the glory of God? You know, people say, well, it's a man-made holiday. Okay, so man created it. Got no argument with that. It's true. But I've seen in the Scripture many times where men started out with something and God turned it around. <laughs> Joseph looked at his brothers and said, what you meant for evil, God used it for good to save many people alive. Oh, if we could just take this holiday 
and, 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 and trim off some of that nonsense and then just say, look, it's about Jesus. We could take what was meant for evil and you could turn it around for good and, tell, and save many people alive. That's what I want for Christmas. I want to celebrate my Savior who covered my sins with his own blood so they could be white as snow. John the Baptist looked up as he stood in the water one day and said, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was talking about Jesus. That's what I want for Christmas. I want to celebrate his sacrifice for my sins and share the good news of his gospel with somebody that needs it. Jesus looked around and told his disciples, do you not say that there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say unto you, you lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. That's the kind of white Christmas I'm dreaming about. That's the kind of white Christmas I want. I want God to anoint us to be ready to reach others who are ready for him. Because guess what? There's a lot of things that you can give, but there's only there's some things that can't be wrapped up in a box and it can't be put in a bag. And it's, it's only that good and perfect gift that comes down from above. Luke 2, 10 and 11, rehearsing what we've already heard today. The angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born, or unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I bring you this. I want to be like those angels. And you know, yeah, we, well, we load up. We, oh, let me carry this into the house. <laughs> Dropping stuff, bags and stuff, trying to so much, piling it up, piling it up. But you know what I want to bring you? I want to bring you the news of Jesus. I want you to know that he's a Savior. I want you to know that he loves you. I want you to know that he died for you. I want you to know that he's still saving people and changing their lives. I want you to know that there's a Savior today. I, I, want, I want Jesus to use my influence to help rescue others. The angels told the shepherds and the shepherds said, let me see, I gotta see this. You'd be surprised how many people want to see what you already know about. Tell them about Jesus. Familiar uh, Christmas carol says, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. I said it at the beginning of this service. Our connection to the living God was birthed into this world. The scripture says God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. Paul's plea and his desire was that Christ be formed in us or God be formed in us. Our connection to God when he fills us with the Holy Ghost, the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba Father is our connection. God and sinners are reconciled. That word reconciled means to be brought back into divine favor. I want to be back in the place that God wants me and that comes through Christ Jesus. 
But so often in this season, we become self-focused instead of soul-focused. But Christmas is about God giving the gift of himself to save others. So I, I, I want more for Christmas than just my own family, my own friends, my own plans, and my own wish list. I want to serve and love others. I want to reach out and tell people about the Lord. Because during this season, they are hurting people. And they're more open at this time than any of the years to kindness and, and to help. And, and people, this, they're, they're looking for someone to show them the love of God. They're looking for somebody to visit them, to speak to them, to be nice to them, to help them. Maybe not even bring them to church, but just love them. You ever felt God help you outside of church? Has God ever just sitting at the table and all of a sudden God just wrap his arms around you and you feel like, I needed that. You know, sometimes just outside of these four walls, somebody just needs somebody to take them by the hand and look them in the eye and say, I'll help you. I love you. I believe in you. Show them the love of God. Serve somebody else this season. Lord, lead us. Lead us to someone who needs the gift of your love. Lead us to someone who needs to know your plan of salvation. That's what we should want for Christmas. As we have said in some of our former lessons that we worshiped with shepherds and with wise men the angels, of course, worshiping, and Christmas time is a time of worship. In the secular Christmas, there's a big myth, a mythical man from the North Pole. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. That can get you arrested. Is that all you really want? That's not what I want. I want my focus to be on Jesus. I want him to be the object of my affection. And I want him to be my desire even throughout this Christmas season because he sees me when I am sleepless. He knows when I am afraid. And whether I've been bad or good, he still loves me anyway. That's what I want for Christmas. When the wise man came from the east, it's recorded in Matthew 2 and 2. They said, where is he? Where is he? What are we going to say when people show up to us and say, where is he? Are we going to be able to tell them? Are we going to be able to point them to him? Are we going to be able to share him? Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We've seen his star. We, we've seen something that we, we recognize is his star in the east and have come to worship him. People ought to see his spirit and his love in us. And it should make them want to worship him. I, I think it's a testimony to God's people. That when they can see Christ in us. That it prods them to. I want to know him too. I want to find him too. I want to worship him too. And, and it's not to make us of a reputation. But, but we are the light of the world. And it says when they see you. Uh, shining that light and they see these good works that they'll glorify your Father in heaven. It's, it's what we were designed for and that's why he came. 
so we could help show the rest of the world that a Savior was born. Praise God. They wanted to worship him too. And this, you've heard it said at this time of year, wise men and wise women still seek him. And they see it as a prime time to worship him and to point others to him. Worship is not just what we do in church on Sunday. Worship happens when we center our lives upon the Lord as we give ourselves to him completely daily. Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow me. Paul wrote in Romans 12 and 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So many times we choose to focus on material things this time of year. I know. You, man, you want to see those kids light up. You want to see them smiling. You want, you want to give that loved one that, that perfect gift. You want to just, you want to see them tears start flowing. And you did, if they're crying, you did good. That's you, man, you, yeah. But just, you, you want to bless people. And, and it is, yeah, it's, it is nice to give. Surely we do, in some form, imitate our Father when we give. But the Bible says, you know, it even tells us that it is better to give than to receive. And, and so we want to give. But, but, you know, there's some things that people need that it doesn't matter what material thing I give them, that's not going to fix the hole in their heart. It's not going to fix their depression. It's not going to fix their anxiety. It's not going to wash their sin away. There's just some things I can give them so much, but what if they gained the whole world and lost their own soul? What would we give in exchange for our soul? I don't want to load people down with material things and then them still not know the Savior. So I want to make sure that uh, I'm careful because if we're not careful, we are all tempted to worship at the altar of material things and we give ourselves wholly to the accumulation of stuff. And that's not what I want for Christmas. I want to worship Jesus with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength during this season until he truly is Lord of all. True worship will include genuine submission to his authority in every area of our lives. And Christmas is not just about remembering the Christmas story and then living any way we want to live. Hello. This time of year is our opportunity to renew our submission to the Lordship of Jesus in our lives. And this is how we worship him in spirit and in truth. And that's what I want for Christmas. You can stand with me this morning. Another familiar Christmas song says, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. So, as we turn our hearts toward Jesus during this time of year, 
We confirm our commitment to his leadership and lordship in our lives. We worship him not just as our newborn king, but also as our soon coming king. In this atmosphere, it does not just begin to look a lot like Christmas. It begins to feel a lot like Christmas as we give him all the praise and all the glory that he is worthy to receive. Seems all that is missing is a tree and lights and Christmas would be complete. But I'm not talking about a Christmas tree and twinkling lights. I'm worshiping at the base of another tree, an old rugged tree where the light of the world shine forth for the salvation of every man, woman, boy, and girl. That's what I want for Christmas. An old hymn said, Was it for crimes that I had done that he groaned upon the tree? Amazing pity and grace unknown and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. There'll be a lot of men, women, children gathered around trees lit up and beautiful. And all the gifts that they're going to be tearing open and getting and so excited, but Oh, have we forgot about the old rugged cross where the light of the world was hanging and what a gift he had for us. Everlasting life if we could believe on him and obey his gospel. I want to remember Jesus. And listen, there ain't nothing wrong with gathering with family and friends and going to parades and all that. But all that stuff doesn't have to exclude Jesus. And neither do we have to exclude Jesus to include our family and friends and have our celebration. He's the reason for it. So see your family, see your loved ones, celebrate with your children, but tell them about Jesus. Tell your loved ones about Jesus. Tell your co-workers about Jesus and, uh, and just let them know that there is a much bigger, greater, more blessed reason for this time of year. It's time to celebrate the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. While she's singing that, while she's playing now, I know that many of us will know it. Could we just... I wish we would just sing it together and, and let our voices be heard here as we remember why we're here today. What the kids done was beautiful. It was wonderful. We love it. But it was more than just Charlie Brown. It was more than Snoopy. It was talking about Jesus and the Savior being born. Let's sing this together.
you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Lift up a voice of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to use this time of year. You know, the Bible tells us, do the work of an evangelist. You know what? There's no greater time. God has given you a, a lot of great preaching material from the first, first couple of chapters of Luke and from Isaiah and from Matthew. You're like, well, I wouldn't know what to say. Just say what they said. For unto you a child is born, a son is given. For unto you is born in this day a Savior, Christ the Lord. Just tell them what, tell them what the book says. Tell them about Jesus. Aren't you thankful for him today? We're glad you came to celebrate the Savior with us today. And we hope you'll come tomorrow night for prayer at 7. Wednesday night, our candlelight worship service. It's going to be a great time. I got a feeling we're going to be baptizing somebody in Jesus' name Wednesday night. That's, that's why we do this, so we can see people's lives changed. So let's pray that comes to pass. And uh, I don't want to name it in case they listen to the podcast and they didn't show up. I wouldn't want to and think, oh, I should have been there Wednesday night. But somebody that I've been talking to about it for a long time is going to be here, and I'm hoping that they'll go ahead and be baptized in Jesus' name. So uh, invite somebody to come with you. We'd love to have everybody. It's going to be a great time. We're going to worship the Savior. We're going to tell people about Jesus. So as you go your ways over the hill and through the woods to Grandmama's house or whoever's house, Make sure you tell them about Jesus. Amen. God bless you today. We love you. You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.